This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 446, a conversation with Umberto Ramos. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 446. It's our conversation with Umberto Ramos. I am your host, Adam Chapman, and I'm happy that you're joining us for this very special episode where I got to sit down with acclaimed comic book artist Umberto Ramos to talk about his career in comics and what's led him to the uh, the current place where he is the main illustrator for the Champion series by Mark Wade, which is uh, kind of been touted as one of the kind of flagship books that Marvel has right now. So we talk about his career, how he first got in, um, you you know, there's some really amazing um, acquaintances he made and uh, really great opportunities that, that happened to come his way uh, that kind of guided him through his career. Uh, it's really interesting to kind of hear, um, you know, he kind of took a shot and ended up having some amazing things come out of, you know, taking a chance, uh, you know, buying a plane ticket, going to San Diego and kind of changing his life. Uh, so it's really interesting stuff. I think you're really going to dig this conversation. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Uh, and I think I already said listen to us on Stitcher. So thanks again for joining us for this episode. Our next episode will be coming up next week. It'll be a conversation with uh, John Matt Thomas, otherwise known as Gormu, on the Marvel Masterworks forums, talking about uh, the state of Marvel Collected Editions right now, especially with regards to uh, when books go out of print or what books are going out of print as well and how fast they might be going and then uh, we also will have a conversation the week after with Pat Olive who's the uh, artist of the current uh, Rough Riders series of comics from uh, Aftershock uh, they're really great stuff the first series was fantastic seven issues there's a new six issue series coming out uh, in February so that's another great thing to look forward to as well thanks again for joining us for this episode let's jump right into the conversation with Umberto Ramos Umberto welcome to Comic Shenanigans how are you doing this evening I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for calling. Absolutely. Well, we're very excited to have you on the show. I've been wanting to have you on for actually quite a while, so I'm really excited that I was able to uh, to make this happen. Um, so it's not bad. I, I, it's all, all my fault. Sorry. <laughs> That's very gracious of you. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to, uh, let's go way back. Uh, how did you kind of first become a fan of comics as a medium? Well, um... I was born, raised, and still, you know, live in Mexico. And when I was little kid, there was not such a thing as cable TV. And uh, the way your parents used to uh, try to amuse, you know, or 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 taking having you out of trouble uh wasn't with video games or, or TV shows and that. It was pretty much with comic books. So my mom and dad used to buy me, you know, like piles of comic books. Uh, whatever they, they they can get a hold uh, at the news, uh, newsstand. And uh, so I start kind of getting into comic books because, uh, because of that. You know, like, I think like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I uh, it it didn't matter uh, what comic it was actually it was there were all these uh, like the superhero comic books of course but a lot of like uh, cartoon like uh, comic strip you know characters I had a lot of uh, the Looney Tunes uh, uh, magazines and that I mean I'm I'm, I'm telling you like. Uh, early 70s that's 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 what i 
that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I uh, some like Disney comic books and uh, um, well, some some Mexican comic books as well. Uh, but but I was I was always uh, attracted to the superhero genre, and uh, then I, when I I grew up a little uh, a bit more, and uh, I actually start to read the books, uh, the comic books, because at the beginning I just kind of you know look through them. Because I like the the, the drawings, mm-hmm. then I I can start like uh, getting into it, and I actually uh, got into the stories, and I was like, wow, this is this is kind of interesting. And I remember one uh, amazing Spider-Man comic book that has a cliffhanger at the uh, at the end, uh, by the end of the book. And I was really thrilled uh, 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 on, on how the story was uh, uh, evolving, the, uh, developing that. So I decided to go the next week because here in Mexico we we, we got the, the, the comic books every week because uh, we have the the, the the translations from the from the uh, original comic books like. Three years later. Okay. So, uh, so I I decided to go like the, the the week after to to buy the 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 following book to to see how the story uh, ends, and that's how I start to to collect and uh, buy comic books uh, and, and and be uh, become a fan became a fan of. Uh, of a character which was Spider-Man. Was he always your favorite character, like from that moment onwards? Yes, always have, always been. Yeah. So when now, if we if we kind of jump forward, um, was that when you first started realizing that you could maybe get into comics as an illustrator? Was that always kind of your goal that you wanted to be the Spider-Man artist? Not really. I had, you know, to be honest, I. I wasn't really aware that it was it was a job, you know, like a real job. Uh, it hit me when I pretty much got into uh, like high school, like uh, like the last year of high school. I realized that uh, I mean uh, it sounds silly, but but I I I, I wasn't given it uh, uh, a lot of thought. You know, about that matter. Uh, uh, I I was more into the stories and uh, then on, on who wrote, wrote the stories or who drew the stories. And but by by the end of high school, I realized that it was a real job, and uh, and that's that's where I first started of. of Becoming a, a comic book artist myself. How did how did you kind of start making the leap, or how did you, you know, start drawing and try to get into the industry? Like, how did that that break into the industry actually happen? Right. I started graphic design in Mexico, so I have a a, a diploma on graphic design, 
and uh, uh, being you know with the guys at, uh, uh, back in, in, in college, uh, I met a couple of them who were in, in uh, who were drawing comic books in Mex- uh, here in Mexico. Here in Mexico, what what we do is more like um, uh, for cops stories, like kind of noir, you know, uh, comic books and that. And uh, so they invited me to, to help, to be a helper, pretty much. So I, that's how I really start uh, started on, on the comic book business here in Mexico. And uh, then, you know, going to the, to the publisher house and uh, to, the, to the office and that, I start uh, meeting people and some of them mentioned this uh, kind of Shangri-La kind of place called San Diego, <laughs> you know, and they told me all these crazy stories about, you know, real editors from from real comic book uh, publishers uh, that uh, who go to these places, and if you are good enough, they actually hire you. And to me, that was you know uh, uh, amazing. That was those that, that was crazy just to hear that. I never thought that I would be in a in a situation in a position that I could really try out for for this kind of job. So I finished uh, school because my dad told me though, you know, <laughs> he, he, you know he, because he, you know, like many uh, parents at that time, maybe now it's different because now we are kind of mainstream. Some some of us. Or, or the job, you know, the, the business is mainstream, it's different now. Mm-hmm. But back in those days, my, my dad was really uh, worried that I was going to, you know, start to death, you know, because uh, who was going to pay me money for to draw, like, the funny books, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I kind of struggled a little bit with my, with my dad. Uh, but I, I cannot convince him, you know, maybe he saw the wheel in my eyes, I don't know. Whatever, he, he landed me the money to buy the ticket and, uh, and take the, 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 the trip to San Diego. And uh, I put some work together. I, I, I work hard to, to put uh, together a, a portfolio. And... Uh, I remember my first. Um, it was my first trip to to the to the USA, and it was my first uh, trip without my family. You know, I'm, I'm a family guy. Mm-hmm. I was 21 at that time, and I was uh, in awe. You know, because uh, the USA was a place that I only do by. Uh, by the movies or, or through the TV shows that we had at that time, uh, and it, it was uh, like a like a like I don't know going to a different planet, you know, mm-hmm. all clean and all nice. You know, everything looks like 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 a movie in the states. You, maybe you don't realize that because you live there. You you born uh, 
there. But to some of us, or maybe to a lot of us, I, I, I don't know, uh, everything actually looks like in the movies. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so okay, I, I got to San Diego for that first time back in 1992. And I have my first uh, portfolio review with Tom Rebert, who happens to be <laughs> my editor, like right now. <laughs> and uh, and it was uh, encouraging. Of course, I didn't get the job, but the guy was uh, was pretty pretty, you know. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, well, as, as, the, as the pro he is, he, he went through my whole portfolio and uh, he gave me some uh, uh, pointers, you know, like uh, he, he told me where I should, uh, should I work more and, and, and get better. But he, uh, uh, before saying goodbye, he told me, you know, kid, you, you, you have talent. You need to... to to work a lot, but if you if you really want to uh, make it here, uh, and if you work hard, you can you you will do it with no problem. Wow! So I came back. Um, then, well, then uh, uh, of course uh, uh, for the first time, enjoy the like like the convention and the going through the booths and that. I mean, it was a, a, a really uh, eye-opener uh, situation for me. I came back uh, home and I, as, as Tom uh, told me to, I work really hard. I try to improve in the many things he asked me to. And uh, I went back to San Diego uh, the year after. I went back to to the Marvel uh, uh, portfolio review uh, session. I couldn't see Tom, maybe he wasn't there even, I don't know. Uh, I didn't, of course, I didn't got the job at Marvel. But uh, with that same portfolio, I, I attended to different uh, sessions or portfolio uh, review appointments. And uh, I had the luck to cross a uh, path with uh, Walter Simonson and John Bogdan. Oh, wow. And uh, they were kind enough uh, to me and, and some other friends that I was with to sit down in the middle of the aisle and go through our pages and uh, be patient with us and that. And when when they finish uh, their their uh, the review on, on our work, uh, they told us come with us. Uh, they brought us down to the Molson Media uh, booth that was uh, by the DC booth. Uh, and and they set an, uh, an appointment with uh, Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cohen. And they went through my, my pages. They liked it enough to, uh, 
asked me to not to go to any any other portal flow review because they gonna they were gonna give me some some job to you know in the following weeks months. So I was hired by Milestone Media as a comic book artist. That was my first real job in the in the comic book industry. What was it like telling your dad about that? Yeah, it was it was uh, amazing because uh, up to this day, I can tell you that my my dad he has like no I not not a clear idea of what I do. You know, <laughs> uh, he tells his friends that I created Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> because I drew the book, you know, and uh, I remember the first, the first uh, uh, Spider-Man movie, the the, the Tommy Maguire first movie. I I uh, I brought them to the theater to see the movie with me, and uh, there was this this guy in the 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 row in front of us. And he was wearing a, a Spider-Man t-shirt. When the movie ends and the lights uh, turn uh, turn on, and my dad see this guy with a Spider-Man uh, t-shirt, and he tells them, you know, he, he doesn't know this guy, okay? And he tells them, like, uh, out of the blue, like, you know, my son, he did that movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, I was telling the guy like, no, I I, I don't work in the in the movies and that. So that's that's kind of the, the idea my, my my dad has now about me. Back in those days, even when I told him that I was I was being hired, he was a little skeptical. I can tell. I mean, he was, of course, he was happy, but he, we never really. Uh, thought it was for real until I got the first uh, mail package with uh, with paper, scripts, and vouchers. That was like the, the really first time that my that my dad uh, uh, saw what I was uh, about to to get into. You know. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask, so you're working for Milestone, and then it looks like pretty quickly you're also kind of doing some work for DC. How did you end up getting tapped to launch the Impulse book with Mark Wade? Right. Well, because of, of uh, my relationship, my friendship with John Buccanov, I mean, John and I became friends from, from, from that day on and still today. And, and, of course, Walter as well. And I don't know if you... Well, maybe you are not that old, but um, at that back in those days, DC DC Comics used to publish like uh, something they call the annuals, uh, and there were like stories that are aside from the the current storyline or um, of what was happening at the DC universe, mm-hmm. and that year. They they having they were having these Elseworlds annals. One of those annals, uh, the Steel annal, the, the Man of Steel, the the, the the character John created, 
um, was having a, one of those stories, and they were looking for for an artist to to do to do that book. John called me and asked me to send uh, samples uh, to to the editor, and and I believe that John really uh, you know cheered for me because I got hired to do that book. Mm-hmm. And I was I was really really fast, you know, at that time. Uh, I'm not that that fast anymore. So by <laughs> by the time I was finishing <laughs> I was finishing the book, uh, DC was already working on on the that year's saga that was the Zero Hour saga. And uh, Tom Gromit, who was the penciler the artist uh, on um, Superboy, as well as the artist on uh, Adventures of Superman, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I might be wrong, but I, I think it was that one. He was doing two books a month. He, he is really fast. Uh, as, uh, beside that, he had to do the Zero Hour book. So there was no way he could do three books a month. So he, um, uh, somebody had to, to fill him for a couple of months uh, uh, at the Superboy book. So they asked me to do those two books. And uh, so, you know, so I ended up doing um, uh, both. I was, I was still working uh, at Milestone. I was doing hard work with them. Yeah. At the same time, I was working on Superboy. I was doing two books a month as well. Wow. So by the end of the, uh, my second book on Superboy, they told me they were launching this new book with, with this new character. Uh, and they kind of explained me about it. And, uh, and they told me if I wanted to, to uh, bring it on. And I was like, sure. It's a, it's a, it's a first issue. Like, sure. Yeah, where, where do I sign? <laughs> I had no idea about, you know, the, 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 the Flash uh, universe. And honestly, I had no idea still today. Uh, <laughs> but I was like thrilled uh, to, to work at a DC comic uh, book. Uh, being like the, 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 the leader, the leading uh, artist on, uh, on the book. With a new story, a new character, so I was really into it. So I, I said, yeah, and that's how I, I got into Impulse. What was it like working with Mark Wade? Was at that time, obviously, you're working with him again now. But at the time, was it full script? Was it just plots? Like, how did that kind of work? No, uh, Mark works uh, uh, full script, and it helped me a lot because I. Honestly, I, I I like following the writer's uh, lead. You know, I respect their work enough, so not, not to try to, to to trick or twist their story. So I, I like uh, when they tell me exactly what they want me to draw. So and uh, and it was it was great to work. Uh, at Impulse at that time because the stories were like uh, 
aside from the from the DC universe uh, as much as as they could be. Uh, we hardly had any interaction with any of the you know like the main characters uh, uh, in the DC universe. We had a, a flash story, but. Uh, but it was something that was happening all, all, all across, so, so we had to do that. But honestly, I, I, I believe that we, we feel happier and uh, better when we were just doing the little stories with our, our little cast. Uh, the worst stories about this kid in a little town, uh, having, you know, or trying to learn how to be both a, a a teenager because remember that in 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 impulse's head he's a two-year-old uh, kid who happens to grow up so fast to 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 look like a 13 14 year old kid that's that's uh, how the story went so that was the fun part uh, 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 back uh, at impulse and I was so it was always fun uh, to work uh, under under uh, Mark Waid's uh, scripts and and Brian Augustine's uh, you know supervision, mm-hmm. and uh, we we became friends. They're friends. Uh, they're really dear friends. Uh, people that I uh, every once in a while or everything every every time that I meet, let's say, I call them and I follow their their advices because I trust them that much. Hmm. Wow. Now, uh, what led you to end up leaving Impulse after about two years or so? Well, uh, Mark left the book eventually, and, and eventually Brian left the book. And uh, so the, the essence of what the book was wasn't there anymore. They... Uh, the new direction um, with the character was to uh, bring them to, to uh, closer to the to the DC universe as much as they could, and uh, and with impulse. It was uh, never the idea to to have a superhero comic book. It was more of a character uh, lead comic book, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't that anymore. And uh, so I, uh, you know, uh, and it was time to leave, also. So that that's why I, I left uh, Impulse at the end. Now, how did you end up launching Crimson? Because I remember when that was coming out, and like that was a big deal when Cliffhanger kind of came about. How was that like working as part of Cliffhanger? Well, I, I was—I uh, never really uh, thought that I could create a stories from from scratch. So I had some friends with me. And we, the three of us, we created, co-created the, this uh, story about vampires. It was, it's 1997, four or th- three to four years before the the 21st century. Mm-hmm. 
every everybody is uh, a little anxious and maybe a little uh, paranoid about the 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 new eleven and um, and there's uh, hold, hold on sorry let me. Angels and essences, like you know, like uh, uh, you know, what is gonna be when the, when when the world ends? Because there was a lot of a lot of talking about the, the end of the world. Then um, I uh, I talked to my friends and I told them like I would like to do a story about angels. Uh, you know, the angels they they don't appear on. But on um, up until uh, issue seven, and uh, so and, and uh, we start like putting together little pieces of the things that we like, reading um, and, and talking about. And uh, there was this uh, role playing game at that time, uh, Vampire, you know. Oh yeah. And, uh, and you know all these things like they they kind of felt like cool and and, and fun. Um, we put them all together in in the same bowl, and that's how we created uh, Crimson. Then um, um, Image um, was really interested in uh, publishing the book. And uh, I showed them pages and, and showed them the concepts of that. And uh, by, I was about to, to close the deal with, uh, with Image. And I got a call from, from uh, Joe Madureira and Jeff Campbell, who were, uh, became my friends because I, I, I was a fan of them. And back at back, uh, those days, there was not, you know, no WhatsApp, no, no uh, Skype, no nothing like that. So you had to call people to actually know. And uh, I, I don't remember how, but I got their their phone numbers and I called them. Oh wow! And I told them, you know, guys, I I love your work and uh, and uh, and they kind of do my work and they kind of like it as well. That and we be, and we became friends. And uh, and we kind of call each other every once in a while now. So when I was to, uh, about to to um, uh, to put the the, the the crimson book through image, I got a call from from Joe, and he told me uh, something like, uh, "Have have Jim Lee called you yet?" And I was like, "Why Jim Lee is gonna call me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and, and then he started telling me about the the, the cliffhanger project, um, and they were the, the Jeff was uh, um, already in, and he was in, and uh, they were looking for a third uh, partner, and uh, and had, they had like no idea who to call or or they have a little short list maybe 
and Joe and Jeff, they knew about my, my Crimson project um, because I showed them, you know, and told them about it. Then. So they said, you know, we know we, you have a, a project. Why don't you bring it uh, with us um, and we, we put this imprint together? And I was like, sure. I mean, like, I, you know, you can't meet your, it's like Joe Maturaga, Jeff Campbell, and Jim Lee, and me working with these guys, like, <laughs> sure, you know, sign me in. And it's like, and they, he tried to explain me how was how the business uh, project work, and I was like, I don't care. I, I, I said yes already, so, you know, let's do this. <laughs> and that's how, how we... Uh, so how we put together the, the cliffhanger imprint. Did you know at the beginning how long you wanted Crimson to run or that you were going to have kind of a finite story or what was in your mind when you were kind of working on it or were you just having so much fun just putting it together? No, we have, I have a, I had always the end, the end of, of the movie. I always knew that um, maybe I didn't know how, but I knew that, that I when I finished the book, I was gonna be with a, you know with with the end in the last page. It's not. I never meant you to uh, let the story you know in the in the uh, in a you know vacuum or, or uh, um, in a in a cliff or a cliffhanger you know mm-hmm. uh, or or not ending it because I was thinking that as a fan I uh, I wouldn't like to have a story uh, with no ending hmm. you know so and I I summoned myself uh, like a, more like a, a let's say a movie director than a comic book artist at the time that I like you know like a, I know there's like characters uh, or books that that were born in the in the image um, environment, mm-hmm. still running up up to today, like you know, like Savage Dragon, like Spawn, uh, and I I never it was never in me, you know. I, I I thought like at some point I'm gonna get tired of doing this the same book, so I I always knew I was I was gonna end the book and. Uh, because I thought it was going to be cool that sometime, maybe later on, after like now that Boom Studios is is uh, reprinting the book, they can actually reprint the whole story with no problem. And people who never heard of Crimson, maybe now they will have a, a, a chance to to you know to take a look at a, at a different vampire story and have fun reading it, you know from from A to C. Absolutely. Well, especially because vampires obviously came back in vogue in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, once Crimson ended, it looks like, you know, you started doing a lot of cover work for Marvel. How did that kind of come about? What was your kind of connection at the time and uh, and just doing all these covers? Because um, I guess there was a lot uh, of Spider-Man covers at the time. Right. There was this uh, publisher called Event Comics. You remember that? 
Yes. Okay, so I was a huge fan of Joe Cassatt's and Jimmy's. And uh, um, I was looking for a way to be close to him. You know, um, to me, it's always been about being a fan and be close to the people that I admire. That's how I got into into uh, Cliffhanger, and that's how I got into event comics. I work at event because I love Joe's and Jimmy's work. I want to be near to him. I want to be related to him in some way or, or the other. <laughs> and, uh, um, and and that was what that was the first time I reunited with Brian Augustine. Uh, and Mark wait all both together after Impulse. And we did this little project with them, uh, with the with the, the Ash uh, universe characters. And uh, well I had the chance to, to get closer with Jim with Jimmy and, and Joe. And one of those uh, you know talks you have when with people, I told them that like my dream, my my very you know goal was to once become the the artist on Spider-Man, and uh, you know, uh, but you know, there's things that you talk, you know, like projects, uh, what large your goals. I was I was a, a, a this little kid uh, back at that time. So um, when Joe and Jimmy got into Marvel Knights, and eventually Joe uh, got into the, the Marvel editor in chief, he called me. He re- he remember that that call we, we that talk we had. And that's how he he asked me to if if I wanted to to draw some Spider-Man powers first because I was still uh, working with uh, Cliffhanger. I was doing um, uh, Alfred at that time, and uh, and he kept asking me like every other week, like <laughs> you know when you when your contract is ending, and I was like. Uh, you know, I, I I still have a, a contract and, and uh, I can't leave. I can't leave the uh, uh, well now DC because at that time remember that Walter was acquired by DC Comics. So so now I'm I'm a DC comic artist uh, back again. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Joe. Is uh, keep asking me when when my contract my contract ends and that and uh, so I I, I uh, my contract was getting to 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 an end and I told uh, the the DC people that I was being uh, called or having gay calls from from Marvel and that they wanted you know me to to work with them. So I told him like, okay, 
you tell me, you know, I, I, I followed your lead. You, I'm, I'm, I'm working with you. I, 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 I'm loyal to, to my to my commitments. So uh, as much as I want you to, to draw uh, Spider-Man or the Marvel uh, characters, I will do as you tell me. And, uh, and DC Comics didn't renew my, my contract for whatever reason. So I ended up, you know, going to Marvel with no problem. And that's how I, I got my first uh, assignment drawing the, the spectacular Spider-Man. Gotcha. Now, when you start doing the, that kind of regular gig on um, Spider-Man with uh, Paul Jenkins... What was it like being able to not only draw Spider-Man, but the first storyline you have is Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin, one of his biggest foes. What was that experience like that first time? Well, you know, I I should say that uh, I think that story Paul uh, wrote, I think is, uh, you know, after this, uh, the death of the, the, the Green Goblin and that, you know, the whole went when Stacy story that I believe is like the best story ever with the Green Goblin because the ending is so powerful, you know, uh, and it's about it's it's um, uh, okay. This is the way I see it. To me, that story is uh, what the Killing Joke is. To, to the Batman uh, uh, myth, to me. That's that's how I see it, because everybody knows that the, the Green Goblin is, is uh, the antithesis of, of Spider-Man. It's like the, it's the Spider-Man villain, you know? And uh, to be able to draw that story, it meant uh, the world for me. Now, with that story, I mean, yeah, it's a very powerful story. You also kind of did a bit of, I guess, a, a, I think a tweak at the time to the Green Goblin's design. What was yeah. what was that like? Was there like a discussion with editorial that they wanted to kind of modify the look or did that come from you directly? Like, how did that kind of come about? Because it definitely informed what the Green Goblin was going to look like for, you know, for years. Well, um, the, the book was supposed to ship by the movie opens. I never saw any um, designs, any concept design for 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 the movie. But they told me they uh, people uh, uh, back at the the editorial office. They told me that they wanted to give the Green Goblin something closer to, to look more into like he's wearing you know an armor and that because of what we saw uh, later on, on on the movie maybe mm-hmm. uh, but they wanted to, to to get to give him this little twist and uh, it was really it really meant a lot that they asked me to kind of redesign uh a, an, a a Marvel comic icon, you know, and uh, 
from that on, the there's I mean now that the the, the, the Greek government had gone through different stages uh, along the years, but I can still see the things that I said with my design, and I can't. I want to lie to you. I feel still pride uh, for that. <laughs> of course. Um, what was your collaboration like with Paul uh, as your run kind of continued? Because you guys did a lot of work together. Um, yeah. Did you guys end up kind of communicating and, and, and talking about the types of stories that you would tell, or would you just kind of get a script and get to work? No, no, Paul and I, we had a, a really close relationship. He always called me and let me know what was the, the not only the story that I was drawing at the time, but how the big picture looks, where would we go, where we're going to with that story, where the characters supposed to uh, ends where the storyline ends, you know, how the big crescendo uh, through the, through the, uh, every, every four or five issues that the story goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, because if you read like uh, the, 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 the Paul Jenkins, uh, Spider-Man stories that we did together, this, the stories start uh, like quiet and little. Mm. And through through the, the the issue, you can you can tell how it's going. Uh, again, watching the big finale. That's that you know that's amazing writing, and, and, and polish is that good with those. When you guys were done your Spider-Man run, you worked on Revelations together. Was did he kind of pick you to to do that with him, or how did that kind of that work kind of come about? Yeah, when I when I was uh, after I done with the Spider-Man book, I I was I was wanting to do a, a, a new book. The, the revelations, <laughs> and uh, I called Paul and I told him that I was, you know, I had this story, and uh, and he liked it. You know, he uh, uh, the story was a little different from from what you guys uh, read at the end because in my in, in the original uh, script, uh, the Pope was killed. Not not the not a, a cardinal as a book uh, show. Oh. And you know, but 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 um, uh, Paul liked it though, and, and he he told me you know I'll, I'll, I'll do it with you, so we started working together, and from from that uh, pretty successful relationship, uh, we decided you know uh, that that we we would keep doing books. Uh, together whatever we we had a chance to okay well it's it's cool to hear that i mean i've I've talked with some creators and sometimes there's you know a little bit more collaboration sometimes there just isn't it's more a script shows up and so it's it's nice to hear that you guys actually kind of created a good partnership working on spider-man and then your other projects that's really nice to hear right you know i I like to to I, i like to believe that uh i could i can became friends with the people that I work. I can 
probably say that uh, most of the times uh, being able to, to build uh, personal relationships, friendships with the people that I work with, uh, and that's, that's a great deal for me. How did, what was it like um, working on Wolverine during the Civil War crossover? I mean, that's it was a it was a very popular event. You're working on a popular character that obviously is a, a you know it's kind of a big book. What was it like to draw Wolverine? And were you a fan of Wolverine before drawing him? I think everybody who's a Marvel comic book uh, fan is in some way or the other a Wolverine's fan as well. So it was, um, I had a, I had a time off Marvel while I was drawing the Revelations book, and uh, they offered me, uh, they offered me Wolverine, you know, uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'd love to. I mean, I, I, it was a powerful character, of course, still is, and. Uh, and I knew about the about the Civil War storyline, and uh, they told me like this this story goes uh, uh, parallel to what's happening on, on the Civil War, and, and uh, well, it's uh, we are chasing like the the villain that that, that create the whole mess, you know, in some way. So uh, uh, of course, I wanted to 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 had a chance to, to work with that character at least for once and, and uh, it was a pretty, pretty good run. What was it like working with uh, Mark on that book? I mean, um, was it pretty like, what were the deadlines like on that as well? I mean, you're running parallel to a big event. Um, right. Was there like a lot of kind of editorial on that or was it just like any other project or what was that kind of like? Because obviously it was a high profile book. I should have said this out loud maybe. <laughs> But Mark Guggenheim is like the best partner ever <laughs> because, you know, he, uh, he works on full script as well, but also he references everything you need. Nobody else's does. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, there, there's a lot of uh, uh, time uh, investing uh, when you have to draw, you know, whatever they ask, they ask you to draw, because you have to go through Google or Google Maps or, you know, or search for some image or, or you know, trying to research your, your book to make it look the way you should. With Mark uh, uh, Guggenheim, there's, that is not a problem at all. <laughs> he sends, like, you know, because, uh, uh, beside the script or with the script, he sent you every reference you need to, to, to help you out to, to, uh, to make or help you to deliver the best work you can uh, come up with. So, so yeah, that's, that's how it is with Mark. Jumping forward a few years, um, how did you land the assignment to do the Spider-Man big time uh, kind of kickoff with Dan Slott? Because you, obviously you've done Spider-Man before, but now you're you're coming back on the book. I was uh, again in a sabbatical for for a bit. I was drawing a, a Fairy Quest book, and uh, 
Well, remember I told you that my my favorite character ever is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm already 15 years on this career, this business, and yet haven't accomplished my pretty first goal, that is draw Spider-Man. And I, you know, at that point, uh, 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 to be fair, I, I, I've drawn this amazing story that I told you that, with the Green Goblin. But still, as you, as you just said, you know that it's a different thing when you draw whatever Peter Parker Spider-Man or a spectacular Spider-Man or Spider-Man just, you know, as it is, or whatever name you have, you want to add to the, to the Spider-Man myth or title. But you, as an artist, know that you haven't drawn Spider-Man for real unless you draw the amazing Spider-Man, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I remember I called people from Marvel, <clears throat> and I, I told them, like, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I finished this project that I, that I was working, uh, and I have no project. I, I would like to, to come back to Marvel and do something. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not afraid to ask, but I would like to have a shot at The Amazing Spider-Man. And, and, uh, and Steve Zimbalski that I was, I was talking to told me, really? Like, yeah. Like, okay. Uh, you'll get a call back from us tomorrow. Okay. And, uh, and the next day, I got a call from Steve Walker. And uh, he, and well, we talked, and he told me that he, he, he knew my, my work uh, back uh, with Impulse. He wasn't, he wasn't DC at that time. And he told me that he always loved Impulse, and he always liked my, my work, and blah, you know. And we talked for, for a minute, and it's like, okay, uh, there's, there's a new... We are. They were like putting together the, the new uh, uh, concept for Spider-Man uh, with the uh, of, uh, uh, with now Dan being the solo writer of the book, and it was like, if you wanna uh, come on, well, I mean, uh, we would love to have you in the book, and I'm and I'm, and I'm like, sure. And finally, you know, <laughs> after so many years, I'm drawing Spider-Man. And now I know why it took me so long to get into that book. Because I think I had the chance to draw, like, the, the, this character in, like, in, in the best era that, uh, that uh, it could happen. Uh, because I had the chance to draw like the 50th anniversary issue, mm-hmm. and I had the chance to draw like the 700th issue. That that it it is uh, a milestone to what the character was and what the character is now. 
and being able to work with Dan Slott, who's uh, a walking uh, Spider-Man encyclopedia, and uh, and who who figure out the whole Spider-Man universe. It's it's been amazing. So uh, I mean, as as it is. So uh, to me, it was is mission accomplished. To when I when I got to draw my first page uh, on Spider-Man, what um, what were some of your I guess kind of your, your some of your favorite moments that you've gotten to illustrate either on Amazing Spider-Man and the different iterations or on Superior Spider-Man? I mean, obviously you've worked with a lot with Dan on these books. Is there any particular moments or things you got to draw that you really enjoyed or you're really proud of? The things I'm, I um, I'm proud of are. Maybe the things that people wouldn't care. I like, you know, I don't, I don't like my, my work that much. Um, I, I, you know, I try to be objective about my work, and I don't usually uh, feel the, you know, this uh, proud pride for the page I just drew. But sometimes when I do that. Uh, has nothing to do with the action, you know, exciting big villain versus superhero uh, image, you know. It's more about the little things, like, uh, for example, uh, they asked me to design the building for Horizon, you know, okay. uh, industries, right? And, uh, and I, you know, I work out, I, I research it a lot, and uh, went through uh, from places. And the Google, I Google map it a lot, and I knew where I wanted I wanted it to be. And uh, you know, you can tell I got, I had a big, uh, I, I took the uh, the Apple Store on Fifth Avenue. As a reference for that, for for what uh, Horizon's uh, building is, and up to this day, they keep drawing the, the, the building under my design. Those are the little uh, pictures as uh, uh, that I that I enjoy a lot, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and nobody cares, nobody knows, you know. But also, uh, I remember the time that I was Skyping with um, Dan Slott, and he was outlining me the the arc that would end on issue 700, and how it would end, right? And I, I remember uh, uh, after Dan uh, told me the whole story. I told him, Dan, you are aware that people is gonna hate our guts, right? <laughs> and he started he start laughing. It's like, yeah, but they will be okay. They will be okay. You know, that Dan knows Dan knows uh, better. You know, he had it all figured out. I remember uh, with. Tre- the threats that he had, and uh, people hating the Superior Spider-Man, the first couple issues, 
And then when we announced, or when Marvel announced that Peter was coming back, getting mail from people asking us not to kill Superior, that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool uh, <laughs> moment. When um, so after Superior ends, you get to stay on the book and relaunch it as Amazing Spider-Man and a new volume with a number one yeah. issue. What's that like? Being able to, as you said, like Amazing Spider-Man's the flagship book, and now you get to work on an issue number one of that book. What kind of feeling was that like? Well, imagine you get to draw Amazing Number One. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man Number One. I mean that. That doesn't happen, like, ever. Well, it did. But, uh, <laughs> now, uh, it, now it does. <laughs> now it does. I mean, now, now they, like, I know they, they kind of like, they like kind of, you know, launching issues one, like, like every other year. That's okay. But I, I know that this amazing number one that we did is the, 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 the new uh, Peter Parker, the new experiment as, as it is, like, now and uh, being able to bring it back being able to uh, take care of that character that I love that much and be asked to to draw that uh, story it really means a lot I mean maybe perhaps People would realize that it's just another gig, but to me, at least, uh, is uh, a personal uh, achievement. You mm-hmm. know? Not only to draw the, 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 the character that, in my personal opinion, is the most important superhero, you know, both Marvel and DC together. Because it relates to us, it's the more, the most human uh, of all superheroes. Is that the, it's the one that you can easier relate to. And uh, not only it was important for me to draw that book, but it was more important for me to know that the people back in the office, my editor, uh, the chief editor, the writer, you know, the, the, the people back, back in, in the office trust me that much to let me do this book. Hmm. That to me is the one thing that I really treasured most of my run at, at, with Spider-Man. Now, when the run ends, now you you left, I guess, basically as that title was kind of wrapping up, as uh, Secret Wars was kind of hitting. Um, was it your decision that you were you're ready to try something new, or how did you leaving and eventually becoming the new uh, extraordinary X Men artist? How did that come about? No, it wasn't my decision. I didn't want to leave, but I'm a team player. Uh, they were they were launching this book. Um, uh, the, the, the X-Men book that, that as I as, as they told me was, was uh, gonna be the, the new flagship for uh, title for the X-Men universe and I kind of lo- I, I, I of course 
love the X Men. I've, I've, I've drawn like I don't know, like six books different, different X Men books maybe. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and I was, but I wasn't ready to leave the, the Spider Man. I, I I can tell you, still, I, I I may know back at the office. So they, I, you know, there's no secret. Everybody knows that I want to go back, and I will come back at some point to to Spider-Man and uh, but, I, but uh, again I understood what what Marvel needed from me at that time and I had a good run uh, uh, with Spidey so uh, I understood it was a, a good time to to let go for for a while mm-hmm. and that's how I got into into the X-Men books again. So coming back on X-Men, so it's interesting that every time you seem to be on an X-Book, it's a very different kind of uh, team. Like when you did it back with, I guess, I think Mike Carey on Supernovas, you had a kind of an eclectic team, and now with Extraordinary X-Men, you kind of had the same thing going where it was a big status quo shift, um, kind of an interesting squad. How did you kind of approach illustrating those characters? Well, the, the cool thing about the X-Men is that they are always different. You can, you always get a chance to do different stuff. And uh, the first thing that I, that I asked them to do was, like, can I change the costume? Like, sure. You know, everybody do that with the X-Men. That's true. And, uh, you know, there's uh, something that most people, some people, they don't know. But before uh, Jeff and I on the book... Uh, Rick Remender was supposed to be the, 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 the writer of that book. Oh. And he had, he had a different approach to what the book was going to be. And I designed a whole set of characters way different from what you guys ended up uh, reading on, on, uh, uh, with the X-Men. So uh, there's a bunch of characters that you, you can't you know, get a glance of them uh, on the sketchbooks that, that I that I print like every year and that, that I sell at, at the convention tour, but uh, but yeah, I mean the, the the cool the cool thing about the X Men is that they are always different. Well, who was your favorite of the extraordinary X Men to actually illustrate? Like, which character did you find was just the most fun or the most interesting to uh, to be able to draw, and who was also the most challenging? challenging thing about the X-Men is that you have to draw like a gazillion of characters like in every panel <laughs> that takes that takes a lot of time <laughs> and uh, I like drawing Colossus a lot um, uh, because I, I wanted to give him this radical you know different approach with the uh, with the hipster look and the beard and the lumberjack, you know, kind of, and uh, and some people love that, you know. We, I, I gotta tell you, we, I got a lot of of uh, uh, mail from uh, gay people, gay guys. They were all thrilled. They were so happy. I mean, 
they were they were really happy of the the way the uh, Colossus looked. I don't know why, but you know, I I've never had that much of, of fan mail, you know, cheering up for what for inside that did. So I was really happy, and, and it's it's always cool to see to to read or to realize that people is is uh, is happy with the things you do, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason or um, uh, knowing that that people is enjoying what you do, that it's it's a, it's a cool thing. So uh, so yeah, I think Colossus was. was one of the ones that I that I really enjoy doing, and and um, and the well, storm storm with the with the big hair. Uh, they wanted all, they all they told me you, you need to bring back the the, the mohawk, right? Okay. Okay. So I try to give it to him, but uh, also try to give a little different, you know, to 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 set my foot on. on, on on the on the new storm design that I did at that time, so uh, it was a lot of fun as well. Design of characters is is really fun. Now that brings us basically current. So how did you uh, end up getting the job working on Champions? Because obviously coming out of Civil War Two, you have Champions launches kind of a new flagship book. It's Mark Wade. How did you how did you get thrown into the mix? I was uh, I got a call from Axel. And he said, you know, uh, we have this book, and we want you to draw it. That was that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and you were and, sold. you know, I I, I care a lot about uh, uh, Axel. I I respect them as as a friend and as as of course as a boss. And uh, when he told me what was the book about and who was involved is like I was like sure I'm in it I mean that's it I'm, I'm in the book um, Marvel is have been building um, up the youngster superhero uh, universe they have their characters for for a long time there there haven't been this uh, bunch of strong uh, iconic powerful teenager characters at Marvel and now we have a lot of them and people love them all so uh, Champions is the book that uh that have it all and eventually you know like well you, you've seen that the issue number five been announced that we have uh, a special guest you know and and like that we're gonna have a lot so being able to draw uh, different characters this all fun all lovable or uh, uh, Marvel Comics uh, teenager characters is a thrill and knowing that behind that book is Mark Wade and me knowing him for that long and me know and I knowing him knowing how he masterfully writes uh, teenagers I was like there's there was there's no way that I'm gonna let that go. 
Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how I got into into champions. It's interesting, yeah, to kind of look at that. It's kind of like coming full circle that your first major ongoing was Impulse, working with Mark Wade, and now a, a teenage character, and now you're, you know, it's twenty years later, you're working on teenage characters for Marvel with Mark Wade. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's it, it's good. I mean, that that means that we we did or I did something good because <laughs> when after that many years. A guy that you met, you know, in a, a different stage of his career, and me being a, just a rookie, and uh, and having the same thrills and fun as you did 20 years ago, it, uh, to me it means that we did something good. <laughs> um, just a quick question about champions before we kind of uh, sign off for the evening. I just wanted to ask, like, with the champions cast. Um, Again, who's kind of your favorite to draw? Or is, were you expecting that one character would kind of be your favorite and now that's changed? Or any surprises as you've been illustrating the team? I thought, you know, being a, a Spider-Man car, uh, fan, uh, Spider-Man was going to be my favorite. But I have to say that Biff is the, the, the one that I enjoy drawing the most. Oh, really? Interesting. Why do you think that is? I mean, she's obviously probably one of the newest characters of the bunch, but what about her kind of makes you more interested visually? Because because of it. Because it's the newest character, maybe uh, uh, in the whole Marvel uh, universe. And, um, and I can't uh, put a, a, a bigger input to this character than, than the rest of them. I mean, everybody knows who um, Miles is and who Kamala is and who Cho is. You know, uh, I mean, everybody knows them all already. Mm-hmm. But this, but this girl, she's even to us, even or at least even to, uh, to me, is still kind of a mystery. And we are discovering her as you read it, but me as a Drawing her, so that's why it's uh, so uh, so thrill uh, thrilling to to draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. Now that I think about it, I guess the rest of the team, for the most part, has their own ongoing series, or they're part of an X Men book. In the case of Cyclops, yeah. whereas Viv, you can only really find her in Champions, so that you are kind of the sole custodian of that character. Yes, exactly. So that that well, maybe well, that's something else. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, any final thoughts or anything you can tease us with before we sign off for the evening? Uh, well, no, not really. Most, mostly, I, I I would like to thank people for uh, reading this book because uh, Champions is a book that means a lot to me. It means a lot to Mark. And we're trying, as, as you read the book, as, 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 it, as it comes uh, out every month, you'll see what the real fiber uh, of the book is and where we want it to go with it. We want to uh, uh, enjoy people when they read the book, but also... We really, really, really want to 
uh, help out in our two cents. We are two cents to make this world a better world through these characters. Excellent. So thanks for reading the champions. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today and for talking about your career in comics. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, much more champions uh, in the uh, months to come. Please, please. Uh, I promise you, and we promise you, you're not going to regret it. The book is fun, and it's going to keep you know doing great things. And, uh, and well, you know, thanks for calling me, and it's it's been it's been a really fun to talk to you today. Excellent. Thank you, Humberto. All right.